Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910-980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. You can also catch us anywhere you get favorite podcasts. Just search The Rob O'Donnell Show. How's everyone doing on this Tuesday, January 16th, 2024? It is now 3.08, 25 degrees with some light snow in the area, but there is some heavy drifting snow. It's a very powdery snow. And I noticed coming down 81, as soon as you hit the troop area to about the Biden Expressway because of the landfill and the open area there, there's a lot of snow blowing back on the road. So they are treating it just the same as the other roads, but it's just getting covered more quickly because of that wind blowing, uh, drifting snow that's that's coming across that area. You have the, the landfill on your left when you're coming south, and then you have the, uh, the junkyard when you come around just before the Biden Expressway on your left there as well so and you have the hill on your right so it's trapping the snow it's blowing drifting right onto the on the highway so wherever they're treating it it's just getting slushy and covered up again so it, it's it's slow going PennDOT does have that limited uh speed limit so pay attention to it i did um you know 50 at most i was doing 40 or 45 most of the way down 45 is that speed limit so be careful out there there are a lot of accidents a lot of people getting off the roads and it you know, even when I was going, I have a four-wheel drive truck, 40, 40 miles, five miles per hour, right lane most of the time, depending on which lane was more clear of the drifting snow. Commercial vehicles are, are mandated to the right lane. But, of course, you have the people flying by, and it doesn't matter, the SUVs, the trucks, whatever it is, they just fly by disregarding, and that's how, that's how bad things happen. So don't do that. Don't be one of those people. Just be careful out there. Get to your destination if you must go out. If you don't have to go out somewhere, don't. It's uh, truly not worth it. Up by me, the secondary roads were barely touched at all. Uh, I was able to clear my driveway this morning after the first bout of snow. Finished up about 9.30, Driveway was perfectly clear. Threw some salt down on uh, the incline that gets out of my driveway. And by the time I left, there was another inch and a half, maybe two inches at spots uh, covering the driveway. There were some wet spots, obviously, where I threw the uh, the snow melt, but uh, still was uh, not as clear as it was for when I left it. So the snow is still coming down. It's still expected to come down and taper off as we get into the evening. Um, like all said and done, just be careful out there. Hopefully uh, a lot of you had a three-day weekend. I did. Uh, didn't do much. Uh, had to do some things at home. We, we had a tree come down across the street from my property onto the road. Thankfully, the, taint, the township came and pushed the tree, the main par portion of the trunk, which was probably 30 inches uh, wide, to the other side of the road. But all the broken branches, which were up to 8 and 10 inches thick, were on my side of the road. So uh, before the snow came down, before it got too bad yesterday, we were out clearing most of that. So it was a heavy lift day. Uh, both uh, just my wife and I took it slow but steady and, and got it all cleaned up, raked the road, brushed the broom, took the broom out and broomed the road so there was no debris on the road because there was broken branches still all over the the road from the day the morning before. We did lose power Friday into Saturday, Saturday morning, about 1 a.m. We lost power, and it was all the way out until probably uh, early afternoon. We have the generator, so not such a big deal. But uh, that was our our doings this weekend. Really didn't do much. Uh, we did go out Saturday night for my wife's uh, birthday dinner. 
We went to a, a restaurant. It's not a new restaurant. It's a new restaurant for us. We tried out Seidel's in Scranton and posted it on there, on our website, on my website, on my uh, social media page. And the people in Scranton said it's, it's just a neighborhood staple, and it truly was. It was a good dinner, good time out, good staff there, great staff there. The food was excellent. And a nice, uh, quiet evening out. Had a nice dinner, went home early, and that was pretty much it. Kind of beat from the day. And then, like I said, all day Sunday, we were uh, moving the tree and kind of rested yesterday. But here we are, a whole new news schedule ahead of us. Lots to talk about today. Lots going on in the world. Lots going on nationally. A lot going on here in our backyard. And we're going to start with that. If you follow me on social media, that's Rob O'Donnell on Facebook and at O'Donnell underscore R on Twitter. Uh, I've been sharing every business that the Scranton Police Department's been sharing in their fundraiser for Detective Kyle Gilmartin. Um, it's going to be a road to recovery. Uh, I'm hearing good things out of the hospital. I'm not going to let too much out. That's the Scranton Police's job and the family's job to do that. I'm just going to leave it out. I'm hearing good things out of the hospital as far as uh, good signs. So, uh, But what I've been so taken by and so full heart warmed by it. And I shouldn't say it's it's unusual or surprising because that's why I, I moved here 20 years ago, this type of community. The communities around here have come together so much. The businesses have come together so much due to this incident, for this incident. And and hopefully in the future, it doesn't take an incident like this to, to make that happen. Um, we are a community. We do need to come together, not in just tragic situations or situations where we need each other, but when we want to help each other. But community businesses have really rallied around Detective Kyle, Kyle Gilmartin and the Scranton Police Department from his alma mater at his high school, who had a fundraiser, Holy Redeemer, where he was an athlete, an honor roll student, collected don will collect donations today through Thursday. During homerooms and lunches, students will also be allowed to wear blue as a symbol of solidarity with Gilmartin. Uh, they announced on Facebook. Parishes and Catholic schools in the Diocese of Scranton continue to extend their prayers and heartfelt best wishes to Detective Gil Martin. Just great to see a community come together. And the, the businesses from all around, not just Scranton. I mean, Garrity's Supermarket raising money for the Gil Martin family yesterday. Uh, when all 10 Garrity's locations and all five Garrity Ace Highwares locations began accepting donations at the register, and on their website, they said uh, they'll match the first $5,000 collected. I've made it a point to share every business on my social media so the people who follow me, the residents around here, knows you know, who's, who's out there doing it. There's also the uh, GoFundMe, the official GoFundMe from the German FOP Lodge 2, which is their union. And you can uh, drop off donations there as well at 301 Railroad Avenue in Scranton. Um, unfortunately, when things like this, and this is why I'll only share fundraisers that are officially shared by the Scranton Police Department. They've been really good about putting the information out there, and I share it directly from them. So if it's on my page, it's from their page. I try and share their direct link, but a lot of times it shares the link that they shared. But when situations like this, however good-natured it may be, you have to be sure you have the official permission to set up a GoFundMe page. It's a good idea if you want to do a fundraiser to reach out to the Scranton Police Department, their union, 
someone officially and say, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. This is what we want to do. We want to make sure it's above bar, um, you know, and, and be official. So that's the best way to do these things. But unfortunately, the Scranton Police Department is looking into a potentially fraudulent GoFundMe page that they're, uh, they're, they are investigating. This is nothing new, especially when it comes to situations like this. And again, sometimes it's just people good-natured who want to do the right thing, who figure, you know, I'll just set this up. People can donate from all over, and I'll give the money to there. Some people do it nefariously to hold back funds or keep the funds. I'm not saying which case this is. The Scranton Police Department are aware of it. They're investigating it. And hopefully, uh, you know, they get to the bottom of it. And in my, in my heart, I hope that it's just someone who wanted to do the right thing, just went about it the wrong way. And we'll see. There's also uh, third-party T-shirt fundraisers that are going off. I know of two. The Scranton Police Department have shared both, and they've said they're both third-party, which means they're not directly overseeing it, but they trust the way they're being done. Some businesses in our area that are going above and beyond Alexander's Salon and Spa, 10% are haircut services and 10% of all retail sales. Wednesday through Thursday will be given to the Gilmartin family. Barletta's Bar and Restaurant will donate 10% of their sales on Wednesday. Cooper's Seafood House uh, holding a King Crab sale fundraiser Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday from noon until closing will donate $10 for every $20 pound of King Crab sold to the Gilmartin's recovery. Fusion Hair Design are matching donations, matching and donating 10% of services, retail products, and gift card sales on Tuesday today. The business did the same on this past Saturday. Uh, Jitty Joe's Ice Cream are donating 25% of sales Monday night from Monday night. Um, the Lackawanna County Information Alerts page on Facebook partnered with Talk Shirty to Me for a t-shirt fundraiser. The business will hold a Cash-only pop-up sale at 860 Enterprise Drive in Dixon City Wednesday from 3 to 6 and Thursday and Friday from 9 to 4. Uh, other items are available in their online store. Lynn Sandy's Bakery is donating all funds raised from a recent sale of Scranton Police-themed cupcakes. Pandarella's Breakfast, we talked about that, and Lunch donated all pancake profits from recent Pancake for Police fundraiser. I believe they raised like $5,000 in pancakes. And uh, they were one of the first to come out and do something like this. Payne's Garage will donate $10 for every state inspection it does in the month of January and February. Pasquale's Pizzeria and Family Restaurant is accepting cash donations and will donate 10% of all gift card sales between now and January 28th. Sky Zone in Pittston will donate 20% of all proceeds Thursday from 4 to 8. Vidaro's Pizza and Bites will donate 25% of its sales on Thursday to Gilmartin, to the Gilmartin's family. Zumo's Cafe matched and donated 10% of all proceeds on Saturday. And 877 Design LCC will send decals to support Gilmar, uh, Gilmartin. Details are to follow. Those are some of the, the major ones. If you want the most up-to-date, go to the Scranton Police Facebook page. They have been excellent in... Uh, promoting the businesses that are doing this from someone who has called Northeast Pennsylvania home for the past 20 years, someone who's spent three decades in, in public safety and law enforcement. It's truly great when something like this happens where community outreach to or in response to something tragic in our area that didn't need to happen. 
And we're going to talk about this moving forward as this case moves forward. I don't have any update and information on the case as it stands. The case is proceeding like it should, confidential, confidentially, with the Pennsylvania State Police and the Scranton Police Department working diligently to cross every T and dot every I to make sure everyone is held accountable and held accountable to the extent and there's no wiggle room for anyone that is responsible to walk away from this. Our revolving door judicial system has already seen the suspect that is in custody now for the earlier shootings, not the shooting of Detective Gil Martin. Um, Jeremiah Cleveland, he was arrested just three months ago for assaulting and threatening the lives of state troopers. And uh, he originally had a cash bail of $50,000, was held in prison, did not make his bail, spent over a little over a week in prison. For whatever reason, when there was a court appearance or a court decision to reduce that bail from $50,000 cash bail to $50,000 unsecured bail, which means he walked free. And he walked free to terrorize the communities of Northeast Pennsylvania, to drive around freely in Scranton thinking he can just open fire and laugh about it per information that's out there on social media while he was doing it. If you uh, follow me on social media, you could see it. And I, again, I wrote this article last weekend, not this just this past weekend. Last weekend, I wrote this article that Fox News ran a feature on yesterday on the judicial revolving door system and how our politicians and the anti-police rhetoric have led us to this criminal coddling system. And that, that's what we're seeing here. That's why... Things like this happen, and we truly need to take a holistic approach in targeting gang violence in our area. I have no doubt that they they will. Law enforcement will anyway. But that's where we pretty much stand. I encourage you to follow the Scranton Police Department Facebook page. Again, they've been the most up-to-date as far as um, which businesses are doing things in our area and support them. I'm going to be at uh, Cooper's tomorrow for a Kiwanis Club of Scranton luncheon, and I'm probably going to be there for one of their crab leg uh, dinner specials that they're hosting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, either Thursday or most likely Friday with my wife to support both a local business who is reaching out to help our law enforcement community and the Gilmartin family because the proceeds, some of the proceeds will go to that. And I hope to see a lot of you there, too. Again, any of these businesses, if you could do something, if you have nothing scheduled, go get a gift card. Do something for these businesses that, again, are doing something great. And when our community comes together, it's to be applauded. And I'm going to promote these things as much as I can. It's 322 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 25 degrees, light snow. It says mostly cloudy now, but the snow is supposed to, be supposed to taper off at 325 here in the studio. Um, I got a couple text messages in, Rob. Any word about the shooter? Uh, so did they get the guy responsible for shooting the cop? Uh, I'm going to release exactly what they've released and what's public out there now. Um during the exchange of gunfire, when or, or Detective Gil Martin was shot, uh, a partnering police officer or detective did return fire at what they described as the shooter, who is in critical but stable condition since the day of the shooting in um, 
Geisinger Community Medical Center. They did take into custody an additional individual that was there, but there's no information on that at the, t at the time. Uh, in addition to that at the time, and no charges from what I'm aware of have been filed. Again, that's just what I'm aware of. I don't know if that's true, and it could be sealed, or there could be multiple reasons. And the Jeremiah Cleveland, who was taken into custody for the earlier two shootings that led up to this shooting, is in custody, has been denied bail, and isn't currently sitting in prison waiting for um, a court appearance. That's all I know is officially that's out from the Pennsylvania State Police or the Scranton Police Department, and that's what I'm going to release publicly. Uh, like I said, this needs to be done a certain way to make sure the people who are willing to shoot and possibly kill our local police officers are held accountable and not an ounce of room could be left there to get them off or uh, technicality that some information was released or something was done to uh, make that harder than it should be. So I'm going to release only what's officially released by the Pennsylvania State Police and the, uh, the Scranton Police Department. This isn't a thing of um, who can get it first, who has the information and who doesn't. Uh, I don't care about any of that. This is about holding suspects accountable for trying to kill one of our local police officers. And that's the only thing that matters to me. And I'm sure it's the only thing that matters to the investigators and local police that are investigating this situation. And it should be the only thing that matters to the public as well, because we don't need individuals like this roaming our streets, especially off some kind of technicality. So, uh, I'll be guided by the official responses and releases from the local police department, and I think we should just all take that for what it is, and that's just good police work. Something that's kind of related to our area as far as public safety, they're looking at uh, legislation that would increase the penalties for school threats. We've had a, a multiple increase in this in our area. Some of them were originating from foreign countries who are trying to sextort girls and children from our area. Some of them are from our area. This is a good idea, especially when this is becoming more and more prevalent. The swatting, the bomb threats, the threats, just general threats to schools and facilities, workplaces. Um, the White House was swatted, for, for God's sake. And, and who could ever have thought that that would even be possible? Um, but the White House this past weekend was swatted. Uh, the Joe Biden, the president, was not there at the time, but there was a response by emergency personnel. Obviously, there is a 24-7 security presence there. But these things need to be taken seriously. There's a good track record of tracking down who, who these individuals are. Like I said, the, the person was like from Costa Rica who was trying to sextort um, young girls in northeast Pennsylvania, uh, trying to get pictures of them in compromising positions and compromising clothing. And um, they would not let them do the things. They would threaten them and, and say, you know, and then call in a bomb threat in their name. So we would see right off the bat how prevalent this is, not only from our area, but our surrounding areas as well. Uh, so... It's good that we've seen this, and I know 
local students, parents obviously take this seriously, but local students will could easily say, hey, you know, uh, oh, I got the day off or I missed that test or I did something like that. This is a little more, more problematic than that. You are taking resources that are needed across our area for other issues. You are taking, you know, bomb dogs or, or explosive dogs or detection dogs. You're taking police resources. You're taking SWAT teams. You're mobilizing police officers to areas that for these hoaxes that are truly should be needed in other areas, especially if something does happen. Um, Lake Lehman School District Superintendent James McGovern, who direct, uh, direct, who uh, whose district received four threats during the fall, said uh, the disruption to the schedule affects not only students but teachers, bus drivers, and others involved in the educational process. Plus, it scares the hell out of parents. I mean, they get that text message this day in time in text messages, and one of the one of the main things that needs to be focused on in emergency action plans for schools, especially is how quick information gets around and how easily roads could get jammed up, how how uh, quickly things could limit our local first responders to get to an area. And this these things need to be accounted for. So when, when these situations happen, you know, kids start text messaging, hey, there's a bomb threat, hey, you know, we got a report of an active shooter, even though there's no confirmation of that. Parents, family members, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, uh, a lot of people live in these areas. They panic, and we've seen it before. And a lot of the roads in our areas, a lot of the, the, the schools in our areas only have one or two ways in, and they back up very quickly. And you have panicked parents, pan panicked loved ones. You also have first responders who are trying to get to an area, and you're creating a hazardous situation all around that doesn't need to be. So it's good to see the, uh, the support for this bill be widespread. This is something that should be nonpartisan. It should be a bipartisan effort, and because we should be holding people accountable. And I don't care if they're a young kid thinking they're cute or a career criminal who's looks looking to sextort kids from another country. Um, the accountability should be strict, it should be swift, and it should be done across the board to send a message, especially locally to people who are simply playing games, that it won't be tolerated. It's uh, 3.32 here at WILK. We'll be back after the news with Paul Michaels. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 24 degrees outside at 3.38. Uh, we had a ribbon cutting here in Scranton earlier today. I'm happy to bring on the Vice President of Sales, Bob Vanderlinder of Empire Access. Bob, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. So uh, tell us a little about what went on in Scranton today. I, I see you have a, you had a ribbon, a ribbon cutting ceremony at, at 400 Wyoming Avenue in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so uh, we actually had, as you said, a ribbon cutting, um, a grand opening for our office here at 400 Wyoming Ave. Um, it's the Horizon Building in uh, downtown Scranton. So that's our new home base in Scranton, and um, we'll provide service out of the out of this uh, center for for the office here. So we offer it'll be fiber optic internet is what what we're providing to businesses and residents in the Scranton and Dunmore areas. 
Great, great. Uh, always a, a welcome addition to uh, competition when it comes to internet providers and, and such like that. Uh, how many employees did Empire Access bring to the area? Yeah, so we had we had about 15 employees that were in town for the uh, for the ribbon cutting. Um, we we already have uh, a half a dozen employees that that work out of the office locally here. They live live and work uh, right here in in Scranton. So. Um, we have sales reps, we have uh, technicians, we have engineers, and so we'll continue to grow that with this new office space that we have. And uh, what is Empire Access's plans for the future here in Scranton? You got this new office now, you got employees in place. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so again, we offer fiber optic internet service. So uh, we offer lightning fast internet for just $50 a month to um, homes. We also have business plans that we offer fiber optic internet. Uh, we also offer uh, phone service and, and TV service. <clears throat> and our plans are that uh, we'll continue building out the uh, Scranton and Dunmore area in the upcoming months. We've got a great start um, currently uh, that we've built out. Um, it's in the, basically the, the north uh, east corridor of, of the city and then up into Dunmore. So, um, you know, we'll continue to grow our employee base as we grow our, our customer base down here and continue to hire, you know, more technicians, more sales, uh, more engineers. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm seeing here in your news release that you uh, started construction in this area September of 2023 with an initial 86-mile build-out. And you're looking to reach out 176 mile when phase two is completed later this year. Yeah. Yeah, we've already built over 10,000 addresses uh, currently. So we passed, we passed over 10,000 um, addresses, and that's a combination of residents and businesses. So we've already been out uh, selling service. So we already have customers using our fiber optic internet and, you know, really excited to be able to bring um, a new option uh, to the area for, you know, competition's good, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now, if anyone wants to look into what Empire Access offers them or wants to contact you guys, how can they do that? Yeah, they can go to our website. It's empireaccess.com. And then uh, you can put in your address. There's a check availability box. You put in your address. It tells you if service is available or if it's coming soon. Um, you can also call our office. It's uh, 800-338-3300. And I'm sure like other organizations, there's deals if you bundle things together or such like that that they could talk about with you guys when they get in touch? Oh, definitely. Yep. They can bundle their internet with TV. They can bundle it. TV and phone service, so there's there's a variety of options depending on what service needs they have. So, again, we're talking to Bob Vandalinder, Vice President of Sales for Empire Access here in Scranton. Welcome to the Scranton area, and we look forward to seeing great things from you guys. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Rob, for having us on, and uh, we're we're excited to be here. And again, that's empireaccess.com. You can get in touch with them there, find out what they're offering in your area, and see if it benefits you. Bob, thanks for checking in with us today on the Rob O'Donnell Show. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. It's uh, 342 or 343 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. You with the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio on this Tuesday, January 16th, 2024. Saying that it's 24 degrees and cloudy outside at 345 here in Northeast Pennsylvania. I'm just seeing some uh, breaking news out of Tampa, Florida, that uh, retired pro wrestler Hulk Hogan and a friend rescued a teenage girl who was trapped in an overturned vehicle after a crash in Florida. 
according to Hogan's social media posts. Again, that's coming from our local Times Tribune is breaking with that. So it's good to see uh, Terry Belia, I believe is his real name, Hulk Hogan as we know him, and a friend uh, jumping into action, helping out a young teenage girl who overturned a car in Florida and was trapped. So uh, good news out of there. Always good news when somebody does a great thing. Did uh, you guys, were you aware that our we're facing a shutdown Friday of our government again? Again? Yeah, Friday. That's the deadline for the shutdown. And lawmakers are scrambling to avert it with a, a new funding deadline. Again, let's just make the extension. And I believe they're looking at uh, March 1st and March 8th now for the next deadline in that continuing resolution to get it done. But because of the weather, it did snow in Washington, D.C. yesterday and today. Uh, they canceled all votes today because of the snow. So, And then there's dissension on both sides as far as a deal. The Speaker of the House, um, along with the head of the Senate, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, supposedly had some sort of verbal agreement, but it's not sitting well with a lot of uh, more conservative Republicans, especially in the House, and it's unsure if this is going to get done. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said to avoid a shutdown, it'll take bipartisan cooperation in the Senate and the House to quickly pass a continuing resolution and send it to the president's desk before the Friday's funding deadline. The House Speaker Mike Johnson faces an extremely narrow majority and is facing pushback from his right flank. Johnson has already faced fierce criticism from conservatives over a top-line spending deal he struck with Schumer, which could set spending limit at close to $1.66 trillion overall. Members of the Freedom Caucus, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, have threatened to vote to remove the Speaker if he moves forward with this. Now, I don't know how solid that threat is, but because of the new rules that are in place, it could be possible. So if you weren't aware that government could possibly shut down on Friday or are they just going to kick the can down the road again, nothing, I mean, let's be honest with each other. And this is to the detriment of both parties. This isn't a partisanship issue. There's no way in hell they're going to get anything that benefits you or I in four days. This is the way they operate, though. They do nothing. They wait till the last minute and they say, oh, we have to. No, you don't. Do your damn job from the start. And obviously something's going to have to be done before Friday. They kick the can down the road. They increase spending, whatever they're going to do. But they're never held accountable from that moment on, from that moment till March 1st or March 8th, which is the next supposed deadline. You should be working 20-hour days to get a job done for the American people. You've lived off us enough. You've benefited yourself enough. Your stock portfolios are enough. Do your damn job. And that's what we need to hold them accountable for. It's just incredible that this just goes on and on and on. Johnson has defended the top-line agreement and said the statement Sunday that a short-term spending bill is required to complete what House Republicans are working hard to achieve an end to governments by omnibus, meaningful policy wins, and better stewardship of the American tax dollars. Yet yeah, prove it. So far, no one has. 
It's coming up on 350 here for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. 24 degrees and cloudy at 554. Uh, this next story has been going on for a little bit now, and it's still going on, and I'll explain to you why. A lot of people are, are starting to lose hope, but uh, a lot of people still have hope. And when I first heard this story, like I said, it hit close to home because it was either an air crew or Navy SEALs, our team guys that are out there, when uh, the United States Navy was reporting that two Navy members were lost at sea and were being searched for. Now, usually when it's an aircraft, they don't say how many. They just say an aircraft went down. They use an undisclosed till they get to the, the bottom of the details. Uh, but it, it came out later, and, and I've been talking through back channels. And again, just like our local uh, police investigation that's going on, this is still an ongoing search. It's still a very active search, and, and I'll explain why. But there was a SEAL team that was interdicting a fishing ship off the coast of Somali, which they had intelligence stating it was, re it was transporting Iranian missile parts to Yemen. And those that intel turned out to be true. They did find those parts. There are pictures those, of those parts now being released by the Navy uh, as part of that interdiction. But as the SEAL team was boarding the side of the ship, and if you've seen the movies or seen um, shows about it, you, you know they, they throw the grappling ladder over the side of the ship, they scale the ship and get in. As they were doing this to interdict the ship, which could have been armed individuals. I mean, the coast of Somalia is, is an unforgiving area as far as pirates, as far as armed insurgents, as far as just utter chaos, shark-infested waters. Well, as they were scaling the side of the ship, and again, these are the members of the SEAL team that were there, uh, one of the members was hit by an eight-foot wave on the side of the ship as he was trying to board the ship and knocked free from the ladder into the water. Per their training and protocol, you do not leave your swim buddy. The individual that was directly in ahead of him on that ladder saw his teammate knocked off the ladder, immediately jumped in the water. Now, I want to start stop there for a second because here is a, here is a dedication and um, training and a mentality that most humans don't have. This was at night, pitch black, dark. You see... Your buddy that you've trained with, your brother, your teammate, knocked from the ladder. Your instinct, your training kicks in. I'm going in the water. I'm jumping into the abyss because that's where my teammate went. And that's what they did. Now, there's been searches ongoing this entire area since this took place. It's been a few days now. And a lot of people are starting to lose hope. But the reason this is still a very active search and rescue at this point because if these individuals these teammates were able to find each other and connect physically their rate of survival increases exponentially that's just their training it's just who they are um you know an eight-foot wave while they were boarding a boat some fishing vessel, is, it's been described. I haven't seen pictures of it. I don't know the size of it. But it had to be a sizable vessel to be able to take eight-foot swells, enough to knock someone off the side of the, the boat as they were scaling it. So you have the screws that propel the boat. You have the wake. You have shark-infested waters. Uh, you have whatever gear they had. Did it weigh them down? Obviously, they were boarding from their 
um, fast boats that they utilize, you know, how much gear to weigh them down, whatever the situation may be. But from what I'm told from the experts who deal with this, friends of mine in the SEALs teams, friends of mine who train SEALs in that environment, if they were able to find each other, their rate of survival increases exponentially. Um, because it is very hostile area, because it is shark-infested waters, because there are pirates, terrorists, and you name it, roaming that area that would love nothing more to get their hands on, on Navy SEALs, on any sailor for that matter, it's extremely concerning. But this is still a very active search. Um, like I said, the days are starting to mount to where hope is starting to dwindle but i know members in that community and the navy in general there that are doing the searches are continuing a uh, full steam ahead because of the mere fact that if they found each other their rate of survival increases exponentially uh on hindsight of that members of that team were still able to board that vessel take control of that vessel take into custody whatever suspects were on that vessel and find parts and missiles that have been used to target not only Navy ships, but container ships in that area in Yemen from the Houthi rebels. So it's a direct link that Iran is, in fact, supplying munitions to these individuals who are terrorizing the Red Sea shipping lanes while our Navy searches for two of their own. Um, I'm going to keep you updated on this. Like I said, I have friends in this community. My son has friends in this community. I've been involved with this community for the past uh, six or seven years. Um, I'm going to be on it, and when we get more information, hopefully good news, uh, I'll bring it to you. But that's where we stand with that investigation now. But just we'll be back.